Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave one more time. The 50th time. The 50th time. Welcome to the Bone Cave. Today is a pretty exciting day. Um... And uh, we have Brian Martin here, he'll, and he'll be jumping in in a minute. You won't hear him right away. Uh, he's just, uh, I guess... He's on with his probationary officer. <laughs> <laughs> he's on with his probation officer. Yeah, from Tajikistan. <laughs> from Tajikistan. I'm on with my Russian psychologist. <laughs> oh, my God. God. All right. Oh. And it's not, about, it's not about ED. Okay. All right. Well, didn't take long for him to go back into true form, huh? Meeting, didn't he? (laughs) That's what you call. You got to be in rut mode if you're going to go hunting. Oh my God. So anyway, well, that didn't take long. Bleep. About about 96 (laughs) seconds in. Bam! He's got you guys so, opened the door. I slammed it, slammed it shut. So you started off a little monotone there. Are you not excited about this no, episode? I, 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 I just because do I need to, do I need to do the introduction? No, or my height. I mean, if, if you're not excited about oh this, we God, can this change. Is, this is the guy that's usually like paint drying. But my, I am, <laughs> I am, I am. My ass is dragging. To be honest with you, right? Oh, well, it's like, funny that's because you still got some jumping choy in the. Ass. Oh my gosh! For sure. Not a question. We'll talk about so that. So is that funny? My, I've been digging Choya. You have not been digging it out of not, I have not, my, not where you have. My buddy was, Ray, he nicknamed it attack cactus because <laughs> he said if you just barely touch it, it and, and it rolls and like it literally attacks you. It's oh, unbelievable. It's, it's the nastiest crap. Oh, yeah. And it'll stick to a brand new 20-ply tire too. Right. No question. Yeah. So anyway, well, welcome out. Welcome to the Bone Cave. Uh, a, I, I'm Brian Maiman. We do have Brian Martin here. We have Brad Dana and Bleep, so the four of us are all ready to go bring you today's podcast. Today is a special podcast. It's number 50. I, I, I wouldn't have thought. I mean, honestly, if you, you said, let's do a podcast, or I think it was Brad Dito. Um, he's like, let's do a podcast. I'm going to say, okay, let's get all the Bleep, and we'll do a podcast. So um, we're like, let's get this set up. Actually, Noah went and bought all the equipment, and he went back to college on us. So, but since uh, you know, it's all worked out. So, anyway. and then and then Lucas tried to borrow it for the yeah, band in the garage. His, garage, his garage I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> we're, we're like, I'm like, hey, kid, what the hell happened? To all that? And he's like, oh, we're just using it as a mixer. I'm like, you are not using it as nothing. Um, so anyway, it's funny, kids, right? So now they. Uh, but anyway, today is a special day. Um, it's our 50th episode that we've uh, produced, which is hard for me to even believe. And we're nearing all kinds of milestones. So I just personally, from, from all four of us here sitting here, it's the three or four things. Number one, it's been a lot of fun bringing it to you. So um, 
uh, we appreciate you allowing us to even do this. And uh, then your response has been humbling and overwhelming. So we sincerely appreciate that. The amount of texts I get uh, during the week just from friends and people and outfitter buddies of mine that go, hey, I came across your podcast. Um, I not, might not be the world's best self-promoter. So um, it's, it's just interesting to see that. And it's, it's real humbling. And then for all of you that have corresponded back in with us and said hey give us this give us that we so appreciate the feedback it's been uh, um, super supportive and helpful and then to uh, United States Canada Australia United Kingdom New Zealand Sweden Sweden um, is a great big shout out those are our top six countries that listen to us uh, every week and so um, Australia did I say Australia I think I did. I think I, let me read it again. United States, Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, New Zealand, Sweden. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, Bleep is making sure I'm not. Um, I think he's got an ear infection today. So anyway. I wonder um, if the gr- people from Sweden are the non-vegan CrossFit girls. Probably that, that like to hunt. Yeah, They carry so. big rifles up the mountain and kill great things. So anyway. Um, but uh, And so here's the other thing. We thought we would bring to you today uh, a podcast on the epic adventure we just went on, which was Desert Bighorn in my quest to, I don't know, actually know what my quest is. I just fell in love with sheep hunting after I went up there with Jeff and uh, all the boys. No, you're a three-quarter slammer now. So you know what your quest is. What, yeah. What's your quest? I don't know if my quest is the slam. I just know that I'm, I guess. It'll I've happen ca- in two years. You think so? For sure, three. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know what? I've killed three of them. And, and it's I'm like, ho- once you've had a quad cab, you're going to go back to a single cab? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Once um, you shot three sheep, you think you're not going to shoot the fourth one? Yeah, I, 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 so. pro- I probably will. Um, but I, I will tell you this. I've been humbled to kill three of the four, and it's been an amazing, amazing adventure, and each one is super special. And so, yeah, the, the four of them, uh, number one, the doll sheep. Number two, for me, and I'll go in order, number one was the doll sheep. Um, it was a crazy hunt. I ended up shooting on the last day of the hunt, which we found out after we got back to camp wasn't the last day of the hunt. But uh, that's okay. It turned out to be an amazing story. And that was a long hunt, too. That was, I think, Super 17 long. days. We were, vetting, yeah. uh, we were vetting all kinds of different areas up there. Yeah. So number two was a stone sheep, which I went back twice to get, right? Um, so uh, And then the number three I have shot is a desert bighorn. And then number four is the Rocky Mountain. Right, Rocky right. Mountain Bighorn. So I've been blessed to kill three of the four, but it was an amazing, amazing adventure. COVID hit a year ago, basically this week. They shut down the world, right? Right. And Just we're going to take 15 days off, break the curve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah this is the dumbest. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, we won't talk about that. The insanity. No, we can stupidity. talk about it. I'm okay with and, talking uh, about it. I, well, I can't remember. I'm still licking my wound. I, I mean, it's just listen, still, I, yeah. Listen, I have dementia now because um, our president does. So I can. Right. It's not that big a deal. Um, so, and you know what? I, listen, I got a whole bunch of buddies that are um, way more liberal than me and very democratic uh, from the party. Appreciate them. Always respect them. But this guy, um, this is, anyway, we'll talk about sheep hunting today. How's that sound? Desert ah, Bighorn. Desert Bighorn. So we went to and, Sonora and had to get, we, we, yeah, so to travel back in the United States, you got to get a COVID test. Oh, my gosh. That was an adventure, too. So par- partly, you speak more Spanish than I give you credit for because I gave you crap every time we go to Guadalajara to eat. 
Doggo. Doggo here. Write this down, bleep. Write this shit down, okay? <laughs> He's giving me more credit. Oh, you, then you deserve unnecessary. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is embarrassing. Every time we go to Guadalajara, I'm like, oh, seriously? Are you going to pull this? Are, are you seriously going to try to practice your Spanish? Well, you, bless your heart. You did speak some Spanish down there. I, I did. appreciate it. Uh, uh, Enough to get uh, us food ordered uh, and get around. Piquito. Piquito Espanol. Piquito. A key. Uh, so, Paquito Frijoles. Frijoles. Uh, <laughs> Frijoles. <laughs> um, so anyway, you do speak a little bit. I was smart enough to download a Google Translate, and I had Spanish because that – The funny thing was I had mine on too, and it didn't work out there, but the minute I got back into town, it worked. Th- that's so. because you have to download the offline version? I, I do. And, yeah, and it, I otherwise, it doesn't work. But I spoke enough to get uh, enough for the through. most part. Yeah. No, we had we re- did run into some problems because we didn't speak enough Spanish. We got stuck in a <laughs> in a parking lot. Well, <laughs> we had I don't know if cars. I don't know if I don't know. Fucking at us, We're like, hey, <laughs> was that when you guys are trying to get your COVID test? No, no that no, was no, we, we just went to eat Buffalo lunch and then go to the airport for yeah, God's we, We'd had ten days of Mexican food, and I was like. There's a Buffalo Wild Wings. Let's go get a burger. <laughs> was it as good as the Buffalo Wild Wings here? Yeah, it was or? good. It was good, yeah. Yeah. So what? I don't think it was because we couldn't speak the language. It's because we couldn't read the language. Because on the way in, it said something validation. And I was like, oh, well, they either want me to have it validated or they want me to pay is the way I translated so, so it. So it was like you pu- pull into the parking lot it's at like the airport. airport. Yeah. You grab a ticket. And you left. And, and you put it in your car. So we grabbed the ticket. We went in an eight. And no, wait, wait. I, I read it, and it said something, el ticketado, uh, a validation, da 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 yeah. and or payment. And, and I got, I mean, I comprehended, comprendo, I comprehended it enough to think that when we were coming out, I could just pay for the parking. Right. right. So And Brad made the comment, it actually feels good. We're going to a, an American restaurant. And they have secure because uh, um, we had all the guns and stuff in our car, right. and they had secure parking. So anyway, go ahead. So we we pull up to to get out of the parking lot. We're, I mean, next our next stop's the airport, right? <laughs> put the ticket in, and it keeps popping the ticket out. Well, it doesn't matter how many times you put the stupid ticket back in; it keeps popping it back out, and the gate doesn't raise, right? So at mm-hmm. meantime, we got twenty, thirty cars. Finally, Brian hits the the talk to me button, and that didn't help because neither one of us spoke no, enough. But, but they got a gal on that spoke enough English that said, said you casino. had to go to the casino to get it validated. Mm-hmm. And so I understood that. So he ran over the casino to get it validated. Well, when he was running over, there was a stand I saw off the corner of my eye, and I go, ooh, that's the validation center. Well, he didn't see it, and he didn't hear me because he was already waiting in the casino. By now, a whole line of cars has backed up behind us. But we should probably talk about the sheep hunt, not the idiot. Not the mucho grande gringos running around Mexico. Uh, yeah, right. You know, uh, rapido from place to place. So, anyway, um, yeah, we, we did get out. and we did uh, get out. But I wasn't the only one doing it. Other people were doing it, too. Oh, so. my gosh. Funny. Yeah. But, yeah, we did have to get a COVID test to get out of the country, and that was interesting, too, because we, 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 we have a translator down there, but she was teaching a college course. So she sent us directions to a COVID. Well, it was vague directions. It was like a pin on a map. But it wasn't exactly where, the, and and plus the Google Maps doesn't work like. Hey, it and my Espanol did get us to that location. It did. Because uh, 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 we went to a pharmacy, straight and then right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Escarda, 
Okay. And, and then La, 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 La Recha. <laughs> and then Lejos. Uno, uh, un block. And I'm like, gotcha. And she high-fived us, and we ran out the door, right. walked right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, between my broken Spanish uh, and her under looking at what we needed on a piece of paper, she got us there. So yep. it, worked, so, so, it really so, worked really And good. now Brad is, aw- uh, 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 is personally aware of why Mercedes-Benz were not invented in Mexico. So, yes. So, anyway. <laughs> um Getting back to desert yeah. sheep. So, so here's, here's, here's what happened, okay? So COVID hits a year ago this week. They shut the world down. And um, I'm ignoring it. I told Brad, I'm, this is bullshit. I'm not, I'm not slopping, stopping for one second. So I keep flying. Week and a half, two weeks later, I'm back in Utah. Right. And the earthquake hits. <laughs> Talk about a sign yeah, you're of on, God. You're on 37th and floor. And I'm on the top floor of right. the Hilton, and my whatever, my TV comes falling down, my night's st- – and, and I'm thinking somebody either flew into the place or it's going to fall down. I don't know. And all you I just, could think of was 9 You just got out of the shower. You're buck naked. I, I, I <laughs> grab my clothes, grab my stuff, and the alarm's going off. The doors are locked. So I break down the, the, the steel door getting into the elevators. I bust it down. And then I break through the other one, completely off the frames. In the elevator, not in the elevator, in the stairs or the elevator? No, the elevator shaft, because it, it locked the door. It made me go down all the other way to that hallway. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. There's no way, because they automatically shut the doors of the elevator shaft, the emergency system did. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no way. So I just freaking, you know, 240 pounds, six foot four, I'm going to give this door hell. And uh, I opened both doors up with my magic key. And I got, because I knew right where the stairs were close to me, and I started huffing it down the stairs, and I almost fell all the way down, grabbed myself, had a bruise on my arm. Remember that? Yep. All the way up there. Anyway, I got home, and I'm like, this is just all BS. And then when I got home, literally the next day after I got home from that thing, they shut the airlines down. Yep. And, uh, and then I had to go on quarantine because Brad's wife wouldn't let me see him or wouldn't <laughs> let him see me. <laughs> I, see and so, I didn't so, come to work for two weeks. Cause so, I, yeah, because Brian, Brian exposed himself. And you were sick when you got back. I, I, I did. I, I got wore down, and I had a bad cold. And uh, um, in any way, and Brian Martin was sick because Brian and I had been to the expo and to the sheep show. And the sheep show, I think everybody that went to the sheep show got sick. And uh, so, anyway, long story short, I'm sitting here one day. And right on that couch, right there in the bone cave, and Brian Martin goes, he goes, hey, I know a guy that has some sheep hunts available. And I said, oh, really? And I said, it sounds like we should vet those sheep hunts. And we're sitting here, and the world's shut down. It's falling apart. And I'm like, dude, I am going to absolutely go on a sheep hunt. And Brian's like, yeah, it's one of the only free-range, true free-range desert bighorn sheep hunts left in Mexico, and it, I think it'd be amazing for you, Brian. Well, I, I actually, in, in the covenant to that, I say uh, free range where you can shoot a 170 plus. Yes. That's the key. That's the key. Lots of free range, but not big. Right. 150s or 160s. So, and it wasn't on Tiburon, so it wasn't $95,000, right? But we saw Tiburon. Every day. Every day. And yeah. You know, it, it's yep. it's uh, I think yeah, you the can tag, look across the the, uh, the water there. Oh yeah, Sea of Cortez every day, and my tag said Cimarron, so it was close to the Tiburon, right? So Cimarron, Tiburon, exactly. So anyway, um, he said you should book this sheep hunt, and so I was like, 
oh, send me some pictures. Let's look at this. So Kelly gets in, and she starts working on the hunt, and she says, hey, Brian, we got it all set up. You should go look at it in the system. So I went to our hunt catalog, looked at it in those pictures. I was like, I should probably go sheep hunting. If the world's going to fall apart, what the hell? I need a sheep to shoot, and I should go try this so desert. the next thing you know, we're in Mexico. And I've sent a lot of my – before I knew you guys, I've sent a lot of my clients through this outfitter. And they've a couple of guys have shot mid one seventies. So right. so I said, do not shoot less than a one seventy. Right. Well, that was that, that is tougher. That's not a slam dunk deal. No, nope, but nope, it's you got to hunt. But if you give it eight eight days, seven eight days, and not shoot some, <laughs> it, 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 they're there though. There's not. You might see. I think you'll see out of eight or ten good rams, you'll see one that's a one seventy though. So it's not like four out of five are one seventies or four out of ten are one seventies. It's probably one or two out of ten. Well, of good rams. I saw the one I shot that was a, a big ram, and then I would say we spotted one the exact same morning on day eight. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big ram, also. I right. mean, just just a whole different. Yep. I mean, when you looked at him, your wheels fell off. Because it's, it's because, next, because it's the we, next gap. It's like yeah. going from a one seventy mule there to one eighty five mule there. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. just a whole different deal. And we we had a pretty we had a really good relationship with two of our uh, native guides, and. Uh, and they they had a few English words down, and they were not. Even One of them started with an F and ended with a K, and uh, and so when they said those were, <laughs> we, we took off running. But so anyway, so so I said, listen, I should do this desert hunt. So we booked this desert hunt in and started getting our stuff ready for it. And uh, um, to be frank with you, though, it was um, Mexico is an interesting place. Number one, I love it. I've been going to Sonora for 21 years, um, on and off uh, for 21 years. I've been going down there hunting, dove hunting, and but I never uh, hunted the sheep and or the mule deer. And so this was the first time I was ever experienced that. Flew into Hermosillo. Honestly, everything went super seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, it was easy. Uh, got my guns across, no problem. Um, we have a super good contact that helps with that. That may, that was that added so much to the trip just being able to contact yeah i didn't Elena use and, I, yeah, yeah i didn't use our nope. i didn't use our outfitter i used my contacts there to yep. get my guns across yep. and um and our are uh, the the same uh um interpreter that i use for our uh, dove hunts yep so that made that really easy she speaks great english yep. and actually i was just working with kelly today getting her all the contacts so and all the the forms so uh, um uh, it makes it easier for all our hunters that are heading down there. But anyway, so we landed in there, and uh, um, seamless. Uh, guys were there, got our guns in, no problem. Um, we got picked up and on our way. Um, and uh, Brad had never been to that part of Mexico or any place like that. So we stopped, and he said, we're going to stop and have lunch in, um, in Kino, uh, Bay. Kino Bay. Yep. And we stopped at a restaurant, and I'm looking at the menu going, oh, my mouth just watering. And I'm like, he's like, what do you want to do? I said, ceviche, fresh tacos. And Brad's like, yeah, whatever. And we I'm, just pounded it. And anyway, we so it they it's local. You know, they just make all this. They cure it with lime. And we ate. Un, was, was it not unbelievable? Super good. It was super good. Yep. Yep, we ate. 
Well, you know, we had we had an unbelievable chef. I mean, this is a big deal. We had a, a good place to stay. Oh, and we got into camp. When we yes. got into camp. I mean, the whole time we ate really, really good Yeah, the good food, food was not compromised. So no. from because we went there for lunch, and then and then we yep. went and got, uh, um, and then we, we headed into camp, which is about two hours from a city um, on a gravel road to a dirt road to a kind of a road. Um, yeah. So their road signs were I mean, it's not kind of a road. <laughs> it's a path. A path. It's a path. And anyway, we pull up, and I was absolutely blown away because we pull in, and there's this El Rancho. Yeah, because we went through the reservation, and the reservation is rough. It, it, it's super rough. Yeah, I would say it's just a reservation, Brad. It's, a, yeah. it's uh, um, th- you know. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, yeah. It, it seems worse than our reservations, in my opinion. I thought it was – I mean, the, 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 the houses – Everybody had a house, and they were 10 by 14. Left quite an impression on you. It did. I mean, reservation dogs. I mean, those looks like. Well, you haven't been to Africa yet. <laughs> no, and, and you know what? He'd never been to Kiri. Or Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, so, right. so, so going dove hunting in all these little villages and little towns in the middle of nowhere, I mean, I've been in places that hadn't had electricity yet. It's Adobe brick homes. Yeah. And so they, they just, you know, there's just, you know, their, their dinner is running around in the yard. Well, when you're you know when you're driving to for Kyrgyzstan or Tajikistan, you're constantly dodging horses, cows, and chickens on the roads. <laughs> well, Brad was like, a, "There's a hog right in their yard. There's chickens. Yep, <laughs> yep. that's lunch and supper tomorrow." Yep. So um, extreme poverty, though. Yeah, there that was, that there was, was extreme poverty it's, it's compared to what we're used to. But what's amazing about those people, in my opinion, is how joyous and happy they are, and they live. I mean, get this shit. They make it without social media. And wow. they're still alive. Most of them don't have insurance payments. <laughs> they don't have mortgage payments. They don't. You know what I mean? They, they definitely don't have dental plans. No. <laughs> they have. A, they have a lot of don't have. I thought that was funny too. So how f- how far of a drive is it, uh, Brian, between when you land in Hermosillo and when you go to the, uh, the four hours? The, yeah, it's a pretty good draw. Yeah. So some because of the, some Kino of the Bay is about an hour and a half. And then it's probably two, two and a half, so three and a half to four hours into the El Rancho. But when you pull into this ranch, it is one of the most beautiful settings for a ranch. It's a whole different seen. deal. It's like, brang, and they're real mountains. Know. They're oh, they're real straight mountains. up real mountains all the way around. And the ranch has palm trees in front of the cookhouse and the cafeteria area. It has palm trees in front of the uh, building that the hunters stay in, mm-hmm. which is a little La Casa. And then it has palm trees in front of all of the living quarters for the guides. Yep. Um, there was 11 people in camp doting on one hunter. Yeah, so that's one thing we should explain. This is not a two-on-one hunt. This is not a one-on-one hunt. This is a one-on-eight hunt. Yeah. You literally have eight people helping you on well, this Well, we had, we had 11 total yeah, yeah, 11. with you. Yeah, but, but and me. Not, not counting, I'm not counting the cook. I'm not counting there's a camp manager. Yep. I mean, and and he's participating and he's helping it, but but I mean, there's literally six, seven, eight guys every day. Eyes on the mountain. Eyes on the mountain. Helping pack stuff. It's like Pakistan. Um, look, looking everywhere you can imagine. Ha- communicating. Um, it, it is. It's an amazing expedition, is yep. what I would call it. Yep. And I want to give a shout out because the camp managers, um, uh, he, so the the chef and the camp manager every day made our bed. Cleaned our rooms, uh, uh, hung our towels. I mean, 
it was it was it's like full. Africa. That's the way they do it in Africa. Yeah, it was full service. When we came back the night we sh- the night we uh, scored and shot on day eight, um, there was a white white linen uh, meal, yeah. ribeye steaks, the whole Wine. thing. Wine, uh, China. Uh, I mean, I was like, "Are you where? Where the hell did you have this stuff packed, man?" <laughs> I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah. So the other thing that's nice, Brad came along for no charge because they allow one non-hunter, one yep, yep for no charge. And this, if you have a second guy, it's not that expensive. It's a small, small fee. Yeah, it's yep. a small fee. Nominal, yep. super nominal. And, and it, yeah, Brian hasn't gotten my bill yet, though. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay because I'm looking forward to it because my friend rent is going to be expensive <laughs> this month. So anyway, um, so you got to the you got to the the main area, and I honestly was blown away because, like I said, I've hunted Mexico, I've been in different hotels in Sonora, and I was not expecting that. I was a little flabbergasted. They had a fire going every night when you got back, mm-hmm. and sometimes it was late, but they always had dinner ready for you. Um, you'd eat. Uh, sit by the fire, have a drink, discuss tomorrow morning's plans, and hit the hay. And it was, it was honestly, um, and if you like to hunt, it was an amazing, amazing um, experience. And uh, you want to kill a big sheep, and you said, I'm going to shoot one sheep. I've thought about this. Um, if a guy said, I'm going to kill one sheep because it's going to be, I got a one and done, I'm going to spend the money on one. Is it a bighorn? Is it a doll? Is it a stoner? Is it a desert? Knowing what I know now so far with the other three, and the stone and the doll were the two highest on my list because mm-hmm. I just, that, that Northwest Territory, Yukon, right, right. Alaska. Is it changing? No, but in hindsight, if I was only going to spend one and I knew what I know now, yeah. I'd buy the desert. Really? You're going to see an abundance amount of sheep. You're going to hunt real mountains. You're going to be totally taken care of. You're going to see a ton of rams. You're going to be able to do multiple mm-hmm. stalks. And, and invasive uh, is a guaranteed hunt. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. It's guaranteed for a decent ram, not a guaranteed for 175. Yes, that's what I would say. You know, you're going to bring home a ram. But you it's not like home. B.C., or some of the areas in Alaska where you see a legal ram, you better kill it. Exactly. It's not you that. You don't have to shoot the first legal ram. And that's my point. Because if, if you're 40, say you're 50 and you go, man, I'm a little overweight. And my days have sailed for sheep hunting, but I always wanted to kill one. Well, this would take the, uh, amazing. If I'm you not only want to kill one. <clears throat> this probably. might be it. Yeah, it's not bad. Or Marco Polo. But if North America. No, if you want to do them in North America, it's it's here. If you yeah, want to do yeah, um, not, then yeah, maybe a Marco Polo. You're right. So I'm just telling you. You know, what? I'm not saying that's right or wrong. No, I know. I'm it's telling good, that's you. That's an interesting perspective. I don't know. It's funny because it's so different. It's it, this was harder for me to pack. As a matter of fact, when I went to bed that night, I got up the next morning. I switched my pack out of my bag, my luggage. I changed packs. I changed a bunch of stuff. And I still didn't bring enough clothes. I, bring, I brought more clothes on this hunt than I ever bring on anything else. And I was short on clothes because it was all cotton. And uh, it's, it's just yeah, different. You it's don't hunting need your in the wolves. heat. No. It, it, the chance of rain is not very high. <laughs> Zero. But it, but it still can. Now, when I did my desert sheep hunt in Arizona in 2006, it, it, uh, it tried to rain once or twice. But it, the nice thing is, if you just have a rain jacket, that's enough because it's so hot during the day. Right, but it'll right, freeze. Right. I don't know how cold you guys got at night. Mm, but mine, 40? Mine, mine got down to 21 at night. No, Camped out here. in the desert. So, yeah. No, it was no. cool. You you wore your puff. I, I usually had my puffy on in the morning glassing. Uh-huh. 
and uh, almost never in the evening did I put my puffy on. But it doesn't get really cold until about early morning. Because it's because it's clear all the time, you don't have the cloud cover, so it just gradually colder throughout the night. But th these were real mountains. I mean, it, it, you said if you're a little o older, a little overweight, it wasn't a it wasn't a super hard hunt, but it wasn't a super easy hunt either. No, no, no. What I mean by that is you're still going to have to walk, but what you're not going to have to do is carry your camp on your back. Right. You know what I'm saying? The hiking's not any difference. Right. The mountain. I would have loved to have been. You know, I would have loved to have been in Scott Palmer shape. You, you kidding me? Yeah. Um. I actually was one of my little regrets was um I could have got rid of my COVID nineteen that I uh, got in 2020. Right. Um. And my extra. 19 pounds you mean the covid covid belly yeah my covid 19 um but uh but i i don't want to take anything away from the hunt i i just a perspective that i've had and been reflecting on since i've gotten back um and and you know i always have buyer's remorse and feel a little shameful um when i do this from a kid that grew up in rural route three waverly iowa um you know with nothing not right. two nickels to rub together when you do something like this it's still i've never settled into the you right. know that flamboyant it was yeah, easy I, to do i can this. afford this right. just no problem i deserve this so it's funny and because so, like doll sheep a lot of times when you're up there, there's nothing to grab onto. Well, here it's even worse because there's all kinds of stuff to grab onto, but you don't want to grab onto any of it. Well, that's what makes it. <laughs> listen, and here you need to have exactly a Leatherman right. tool in your pocket handy to pull out slivers. Yep. So, so a tweezer and Leatherman tool. Yep. So a little side note. On day eight, we're going in, and um, we've been playing cat and mouse, and it's getting down to the wire. And I'm holding out, pressure. and I've been passing, and we've made a mistake or two and had some missed opportunities, and so there's a little pressure. And uh, and I said I was going to be picky, but I didn't. Maybe I was being too picky. And we're going. I need to go home with a ram. And so we get into this saddle to make an approach and meet the guide. And um, a, a ram comes running off the top, and we bump a ram, and he comes running down, kind of parallels. And he's was a nice ram. Begging for a bullet. 163, 164-inch ram. And I got him at 180 yards. And I go, Brad, what do you think? And Brad goes, your call. <laughs> I, I hear this voice. Well, your call. Because, because here's the problem. We, we, now we'd seen two 170-plus rams. Yep. And now we're going... After the one that we'd seen the day before. We found him again. We found him again. That morning, yeah. you saw another one Actually, in that's, the other direction. That, that's a good point. So on day seven, we put a giant ram to yep. bed, which ends up being the one I shot. Yep. And, and so then we get up in the morning with no guarantee that you're going to find this. Now, we played hell for three days because we had full moon, and our guides were working their butt off. We all were. Yeah. And we're all stressed, and everybody's shaking their, scratching their head going, oh, my God, where are the big rams? Hottest days of the year. Hottest days of the year. Moon's out all night long. Animals are, it's, we got to 97 degrees one day, Brad. We were on the top of the mountain. And we were goers. We went way back in with them every yeah. day. And so yeah, what one day it was... Uh, 89 degrees in the shade when we camped out. We tried to find the little sliver of shade to hunker down under the rocks. Yeah, we just, rocks. just freaking put our bonnets on and stayed low. So what happened was we spotted this ram the night before, and um, the wind was just swirling terrible, and we decided to leave him alone and take the risk of getting him on day eight, okay? Um, and and uh, um, so <laughs> we were all amped up that night, but there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of worry, 
and we get on the glass. And that morning we're glassing and we're finding some small rams and we find some ewes and we're looking at sheep. And we're not hearing, and these other guys go back in two more miles to look back into that bowl where this one slipped into trying to find him. And so we're all looking for this ram. And I see a ram, I see a, I see a sheep jump up on a rock about a mile and a half away. And I'm looking at him through the spotting scope, and dude, you could see horns immediately. And I'm and he turned his head, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! This this is a big ram, just totally jaw dropper. Yep. And so I get um I get John to look, and he's like, and John's John's a native guide. Yeah. Speaks poquito English. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, but super good dude. Amazing eyes. Yeah. He, he had the best eyes. For desert sheep of all of us. Yep. So he's looking and looking, and I'm like, no, no, no. Between the cactus. Um, uh, you um, could tell immediately when he saw it because he used his two favorite English words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like F something. Yeah. Exact, anyway, so he literally looks at me. Rapido. <laughs> yeah. Don't look. Don't look. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Because I was going to look at it again. No, no. No mas. Rapido. And, and then he says, we're going to kill that sucker in Spanish. Um, and so we get in the truck because we're going to have to drive around and then run in about a mile um, up this thing. And we get in the truck. He takes off. The radio goes off. He slams his brakes on. He's talking all kinds of Spanish, like a million miles an hour. Yeah, and they speak fast anyway. But now there was intensity in the air on both sides. <laughs> So he He slams the truck into park and takes off running up the mountain with the radio because he was getting only bits and pieces of it. So he gets two-thirds the way up this short, small mountain, this hill, and he comes flying back down, and he goes, we go. They found the ram. So we now take off the other way, go back to where we were, get out, throw our packs on, get everything, and start literally running up a mountain to get into a pass to go two miles back in to see if we can't find this ram. Um, but they got eyes on him now. And so that was day eight. So anyway, um, so now we get in the canyon where we're meeting up just before the, the basically, uh, I don't know, it's on a hog's back, but there's a saddle there. we got to cross around the bottom of the saddle and come back up on another hog's back. And he's like, we're 600, 700 yards away, and here comes a 165-inch ram right in our lap. Just about run us over. And so, so I go, Brad, should I shoot it? And Brad's like, Mm, I don't know. And then the guide's like, ooh, he's not a bad ram. Your call. And uh, um, I'm like, nope, bigger bust, not shooting him. When you, when you have a known quantity that's that close, you don't even think of it. The main thing you have to know about hunting Mexico, hunting Central Asia, is you have to have a different mind, uh, and you have to be flexible, and you have to choose your battles. Basically. Right. So, well, and this was a battle in my own mind. Do, now, now it's up to me because the guides aren't saying no. Well, my buddy's not saying no. And I got a 163-inch ram sitting yeah, in front of me. Yeah, that was a tough call. And it was a tough was, call. And it was, that was, like, this ram was begging to get shot. He came, ran, stopped, and looked at us and, on that rock. And, and then he ran around and, and it stopped gets worse. again. Yeah. It gets worse. So we passed the ram up. We go hucking or hiking all the way around this cliff face. Rocks are falling down. It's one of those cheap ones where you don't look to the right. You just keep going. You can't grab anything. Yeah. We get around, and they go, Brago, Brago. And I'm like, where? And I didn't know if it was the big one or not. 
And they were like, ooh, there's that other one again. Now he's skylined, and you can see that he flares out really good. 180 yards. He's 180 yards but, away. And now the guide goes, ooh, that's a little better ram than I thought it was. Your call. And But it took us, it took us a couple hours to get where we th- – you know, we'd already gone past where the big ram was. Well, on the backside. Yep. So, yeah. So, so now I'm sitting there going, ooh, uh, I got this ram at 180 yards, and they think he's bigger than he was. And, and now I got a good, good look at him on the skyline, and he flares out, and he's a real pretty ram. He's long, and he's just standing there looking at us. And I'm like, oh. And they go, what do you think? And I go, let's go find the big one. <laughs> And they're like, everybody's looking at me like, okay, let's go find the big one. So now we go around and we get to where we're going to shoot him in the bowl. And, and it's taken considerably longer. The two guides did have a little bit of a discrepancy right. and, on how to approach it. And you actually got set up on that little ram. I you did were, get oh, – no, I was set up on him. You I were set up. Is that when you rolled over and got cactus? Yes. No, that's no, no, he, no, no, that's oh, coming. That was the next time. <laughs> that's coming. So that's number two. He's, he's so jumping number, way So ahead. number three was I'm jumping. trying to build a story, and he's like, wah. So, no, no, so no, listen. We have the a major drama, problem here. The drama gets worse because we come into the bowl, and right when we get in there, we spot the ram, the big ram, 415 yards away. And I'm like, we got it. And we – Takes his head and he turns it up, not alarmed or nothing. Just starts walking. Starts walking and goes right up over. We got two Rams skyline looking down on us. And he goes right up over the saddle into the next mountain range. And there goes the big one. How much time would you have had to shoot him? None? None. I had no shot at that. So then the poor guide, he drops his head like, oh, fudge. Can I catch a break? Day eight, we've been playing zig and zag peekaboo cat and mouse with this ram and these rams and so now it's like oh so he goes okay we all make a plan we're going to go down through this bowl we're in a little glass because we got rams around us and we're going to go up this sheer face and we're going to be across the canyon from where this ram went so we get so what? you didn't follow the ram you skirted around, skirted around to look him. back at yes him. correct to look back at him so here's the problem we get brad's running the camera we get three-fourths of the way up the mountain on this little teeny bench, and we're just – you're in four-wheel drive walking up this mountain. Yeah. And we get on this little teeny bench, and everybody goes, Brego, Brego. It's word for uh, ram, right? And we look, and there's that ram, that 165 all flared out. And I look at the guide, and I go, do I shoot him? And he goes, you know what, Brian? This late in the hunt? At this th- point in the th- hunt. At this point in the hunt, and that other ram went into a whole other mountain range. I don't know what to tell you. That's going to be your call. So I get down, throw my sticks up. I got my walk, my shooting sticks like I'm supposed to, get my gun r- rifled. And, and, and he did a great job. He grabs his pack. He puts it under my chicken wing. Brad comes behind me, gets the camera set up. I still I make the decision. He goes, if you got a clear shot and you want to take him, take him. And I go, I'll let you know if I'm going to shoot. I get him in my crosshairs, and I am dead solid. I'm gonna, I could kill this ram. And so I go, okay. I said, I'm going to settle in here, and I'm on my right hip. <laughs> and I go rolling down onto my butt to square up to get a little bit more solid. And, and he goes, um, the guide goes, how you doing, Brian? And super calm. I go, not so good. And he goes, you can't see him? I go, no, I can see him. He goes, you can't, don't have a shot? I go, I have a shot. He goes, what's wrong? I said, I just sat on a 
and Choya. <laughs> I have a major problem. No, I go, I have a major problem. <laughs> a major I go, problem. I have a major problem because you can't see it. I go, no, and Brad's filming, right? He goes, Brian, what's wrong? I go, I have a major problem. <laughs> and he goes, what is it? And I go, I just sat on a Choya. <laughs> and he goes, no. And I go, yes. Brad looks down and goes, oh, shit. <laughs> what was it, now, was it one of the dead Choyas or a live one? A live Choya oh, yeah. part. Because sometimes you won't you want, see the dead ones. Do you want to see the remnants? Do you want to see the no, remnants right here? <laughs> do you want to see it? Because I'm still digging them out. Oh, yeah, they're bad. They're like little porcupines. <laughs> so well, so uh, the yeah. ram goes over. I don't shoot the ram. So this is the third time I could have shot the ram, don't shoot him. So now it's bigger bust. Brad gets his Leatherman out. <laughs> I should have had this on film. You know you're a true friend when you're digging choya cactuses out of someone's ass with a leather man. Was the pants still on? Or the pants the, no, the, oh, the pants were on. Of course they were well, on. There was, because there was a million little <laughs> spines sticking through They were sticking through, through the pants, and he's just, he's just plucking porcupine quills out of my rump roast. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So we get reorganized, and we march the last quarter of the way up the hill, and we found the big ram. A 385 yards across the canyon, and we finally found him after about 35, 40 minutes. Yeah, I remember but because it was, it was the middle of the day too. He's just changing his position to get out of the sun. Yeah, it was. He wasn't. He wasn't traveling actually. No, he was. It was 12:30 in the afternoon. All he went in is up over that saddle into the back bowl, the back back bowl, and the furthest back bowl. He but he probably been only in. moved a couple hundred yards. Uh, probably four about four or five quarter mile. Well, he, he was probably 700 yards by the time. Because he went up and over and down. Yep, As because we had flies. 415, and then when he went over the ridge, it was 780, and then he was another 300 yards away. So, so he had yeah. five and seven. Yep. Yeah, five to 700 Which yards. Which is quite a good pull for a desert in the middle of the day, but this is a cold time and, of the and year. He, and he was just meandering down it there. It wasn't cold. And uh, not at that point. It was 90. At night. And, and well, this is cold for a desert sheep. Yeah, right. And so we, uh, anyway, we got set up on him, and we got all the film set up. And uh, I, I, and then, then, so now we have all our Mexican guides there, and we're on the far rim, tucked in the rocks, and he's 385, 400 yards on the other side on the face. And I got him because I, I know I'll get, even if I miss, and the rifle's been bumped or something, I can get a, I can get a read now. You get a Kentucky windage read. I, I can get a read. I, I, I'm, I'm 100% solid. I feel like we're going to absolutely kill this ram. The hard part's over. We located him. We laid down. Brad and I had our communication. We got set up with the guide, and I said to him, I said, I'm just going to dry fire a few times. Well, I dry fired and dry fired and dry fired. And so we've got a, we've fired. got a, a we've, we, we developed really good relationships with the native guides. One's name is John. And one's name is Juan. And Juan is like a full-grown man, like 6'3". <laughs> he's a big boy. And, and He's a grande Mexican. He's a grande Mexican. <laughs> so every time Brian dry fires, mm, and he used an American word, mm, mm. <laughs> then he's finally like, what is taking you so? Because I, I, would, I would be like all set up, and he'd be like, okay, here it goes, click. And everybody would be like, and then I go click, and he I just was getting more nervous than you. <laughs> he oh, was, yeah. oh, I was not nervous at all at this point. I mean, this ram's dead in my books. He, I'm going to send this bullet eventually, but I wanted him totally broadside, totally framed in on the side of the mountain. We had nothing. We had nothing but time. So even Brad, I knew it was time to go when Brad goes. So Brian, you're going to let me know when you do have a live round in there, are you not? <laughs> 
And I go, I go, copy that, Brad. Uh, I said, I said, I think it's time to send a bullet uh, this Rams way. And so I jacked one in, got on him, and uh, um, I watched the, the, I watched the bullet trace. That's the longest one second of my life watching that bullet go schwap, and it, it hit the Ram. And anyway, just smoked, just him. smoked him. So. He's tough, 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 yeah. tough animals though, because he. Um, he was dead man walking. We humanely put two more in. Him yep. And, and uh, I'm know. like, send another one, brother. Let's go. Yeah. He's still on his feet. Let's send one more. So anyway, um, it took us another 40 minutes to get over there because it was oh the steepest, it was steepest part of the mountain steep. that we had to come off or, because we went up on the cliff of a south-facing slope. Actually, a north-facing north, slope. Yeah, it was north-facing. A north-facing slope, and it was straight down. Yep. So we came off that cliff, that face. We had to pick through it. We, that took us a half an hour. We, we had, so you hiked down to the south-facing slope, and you shot him on the north-facing slope? No, we... No, we he we shot him on the south facing slope. We were on the north facing. Yeah, we slope. were okay. we were on the the knife's edge yep. of the top of the mountain, and the south facing slope was where my bi or the north facing slope was where my bipod and gun barrel was yep. hang, literally yep. hanging over, and then he was on a south facing slope, um, north of me, and there was multiple. Uh, descent routes because nobody thought because the first guy went off and like that looks like it sucks i'm gonna try this yeah, there well was, that sucks let's go over here <laughs> so we just fanned out across the there face. was no good way to come there off that no it was a way. sheer face so it was uh it was a triple black diamond and jump right. turns the whole way down yep. um so we got down it and got over to the ram um that you know took a million pictures took everything uh we took every ounce of that animal back um and uh you know, cleaned it up real good, got the carcass uh, all set, and uh, overall it was an amazing, amazing trip. Um, I will tell you this, the logistics, getting the animal to the expediter, super, super easy. Super seamless. Super well-organized, well-organized, meals well-organized, food well-organized, cleanliness, uh, amazing cleanliness. Yep. Um, daily packed lunches, the burritos that you yep. had, the amount of water that took care of you. Yep. Um, the thing you got to worry about is bringing the right layering system, which is totally different than most sheep hunts. Right. Good shoes. Yep. Gloves and face masks because you want to stay out of the sun, even though yep. it sounds crazy. Yep. Um, and uh, sunblock, and sunblock, sunblock, and sunblock. Yeah. Although Brian whined about my sunblock. Yeah, it was terrible. Right. Now, I don't like now, now the the guide and the outfitter, they turned the ears and everything and salted the skin, right? No, no, they no. Nope. Nope. What they did was they did take it off the face and then they capped the skull. They asked me if I wanted to keep the skull. Um, for a replica, mm -hmm. and I said no. And you they just put it in the freezer it. then. Um, yep. Nope. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. They froze the the hide that night, yep. and then the next day when we left, we took it out of the freezer, went right to the exporter. That's, that's and, easy. And the exporter turned the ears and did yep. everything. And, and the and, exporter spoke fluent English. And within five minutes yep. of me leaving, he had my um, power of attorney form for him to, to drive it across um, uh, into America mm -hmm. and get it to me. It's already down there. He te he WhatsApps back immediately. He is amazing at communication. Um, the logistics of this trip, we can help somebody with, and it can be absolutely 100% seamless. The other thing is, is there's a lot of people that go, I don't know about Mexico, the cartel. 
The cartel don't want to mess with you. Um, they're, they're, they're worried about the other cartel. Um, it, it's a drug war. Uh, war. You're, you're there. I, I've never felt not safe the whole time. Well, I time. don't think they, uh, on the reservation, they felt uh, the, the cartel was kind of a non-issue there. Well, the this, is not, this, is not a, this is not a, tr uh, a route through the cartel. No. That's more interior. So if you hunt the ranches closer to Hermosillo, you're more likely to have that problem. Yeah, there was we we didn't see any. This is not a cartel route over on the mountains. Yeah, no, it's just not, and it's. Uh, um, but it's you know I know a lot of people hunt in Mexico, and I I don't know any desert sheep hunters personally that have ever actually had any issues with any cartel. No, I know there was a television show out there one time that showed that we had to get out of here right away. Um, I've been there for 21 years, never had one issue, never had one one issue, you know, um, on and off for 21 years. So, um, so so good question, bleep. Um, so he is a giant ram in my books, um, uh, world-class, uh, he's going to score right at 175 is where he's going to end up. Um, just a, just mass from top to bottom. I would say a 16th of an inch gap, maybe an eighth. Between, between the horns. Between yeah. his horns, the yeah. way he sets. So he comes right off Almost his head. Almost together. Really high. It's not Heavy. out and low. You know, he comes, or I should say he comes off low, but right together. I mean, they're just, you know. Uh, it's just amazing. Yep. Well, to keep that in perspective, the Boone and Crockett all-time record book for desert sheep is 168. So you got an animal that scores seven points. So think of a whitetail that scores 170, right, is a Boone and Crockett minimum. And so you shoot an animal that's seven inches over. That's a 177, 178 whitetail. That's a big whitetail. That's not – I mean, there's a big difference between a 170 and a 177. Right. And, and, and they don't go as big, though. So a desert sheep, like the world record desert sheep, is 205. And basically the biggest you're ever going to shoot in Sonora would be a low 180s. So you're talking within five to six inches of, like, the biggest free-range ram you could possibly shoot in, in Mexico. Even the ones on uh, Tiburon Island, which is the most famous for the big one. Right. The biggest kill there is 192. But usually every year they kill a couple in the 180s. So you're talking even within 10 inches of the biggest rams killed in any given year in, in Mexico. Yeah. So it was just um, – did you not see a picture? Yeah. It, it's just it – was, uh, it was an amazing hunt. I, I had my buddy Brad there. We filmed the whole thing. We'll, we'll, we'll get it all out and edited to everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, – um, we'll have it behind the membership wall at rollingbones.com, um, and we'll have it under our desert bighorn where you can see it. But it's uh, – it, it, it's it was amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. I, I I would say I was more than pleased with it. I I just had the time of my life. We got it on film. We laughed. Um, and we'll save uh we'll save this for another podcast. Right. But Brad and I went back to Hermosillo, yeah. rented a car, and drove to Navajoa. Which is a whole story. Just renting the car and driving to Navajoa is a, is a story in and of itself. Exactly. <laughs> and we, so we drove across the state of Sonora like we were a couple Mexicans and not gringos. And we just went on another adventure to go dove hunting to the location I've been dove hunting. And we had an absolute oh my unbelievable riot. So it's like I, I, you're a grande gringo in America. Yeah, I get stared I, I, at a lot down there. And and down there, I mean, like You're I tower, I just tower over everybody there. And I'm, I, I, and they come to my hip. I, I mean, literally, we got pictures with all these all these little Mexican dudes. And they're under the, my arms. <laughs> yeah, that's just so funny. <laughs> they all wanted their picture with me. Oh, yeah. They're like, uh, <laughs> photograph. Right. Okay. It's funny because Brian has 
two of them under his arms. And, and it's just like, you know, like jaw, the jaws on uh, James Bond reaching around these little guys. <laughs> but we rent. I, I, they don't even rent this. They don't sell this car in America. It's so tiny. And here, Brian and I are <laughs> rattling down the drive. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. We'll save that for its own podcast. But it was, uh, it was crazy. So the desert bighorn, we killed an absolute uh, uh, a pig of a desert bighorn. I'm, I like your perspective, Brian. So because right now you can get, um, you can get there, there's lots of different areas to hunt them in. And we have them in Texas. We have them everywhere. Yeah, we're going to be offering hunts in other areas in Mexico. So you guys hunted what we call the... Um, the Sonora region, and that's what we call the, the variety is called the Desert Cali. So the, the sheep you hunted is called the Desert Cali. And then they have, if you go down further south in the South Baja, that's the South Baja Ram, and that's called the Wimserly, I believe is how they call it, a mm-hmm. Wimberly or Wimserly type sheep. And that's the smallest of the desert sheep. And that's truly, really wild free range. There's no game farms or there's not even any really ranches there. I believe that's also you know the Mexican Indian um, type territory, yep. and then so that is for people that want to do like a backpack style hunt, you can actually do backpack style hunts down there, um, and then you have the North Baja, which really is not open at, at this time, and that's where the world record desert bighorn came from. It scored two hundred five. It was either found dead or shot by a, a, a native down there years ago. I don't know, fifty to seventy years, a long time ago, and that scored two hundred five. So the biggest hunter killed ram. Um, to come out of Mexico would probably be that, as far as I know, in recent times, it'd be Tiburon, that 192. Um, so Tiburon is the same species, uh, subspecies of rams as the ones you're hunting in, in um, Sonora. And so it's an island, so the animals can't get off the island, but it's big. And so kind of the newer way to hunt that island is you do backpack-style hunts, where the the locals, every two to four days, you give them a GPS coordinate, like they're in reach, and they'll come out with water. And, and, and yeah, because they carry 50 pounds of water at a whack. Yeah, because there's no water. Yeah, no, there's no water. So that's that's a pretty wild hunt. But those, so the Southpaw hunts a little bit cheaper than the hunt you guys did. The, the basically all the hunts we have several several different outfitters that uh, we can work with in the, um, the the Sonora area, and they're anywhere from about fifty five to sixty five thousand. Your your Southpaw hunts are, I mean, uh, would be forty five to fifty five. Your um, Tiburon hunts are about 90, 95, I believe. It changes every year, but in that mid-90s. And then you have um, the island on the other side of the peninsula, which is called Carmen Island. And those are the same type of species. Right, yeah. That Those are the same species that's the South Baja. They tend to be a little bit bigger on average than the South Baja. And that's where probably 80% of your archery hunters that hunt Mexico hunt that island. And that's a really nice place. That's a place you take your wife. It's a really nice place. It doesn't have the bad cactus and everything. And that's a nice place to hunt. Carmen Island. Carmen Island. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's that. This and then there's another place. I got a, a private citizen built kind of a, a, a ranch specifically for desert sheep, and it's called La Pomosa. And um, and those sheep are totally totally different area from these sheep. And I believe they're the same subspecies that you guys are hunting. And several of my friends and clients have hunted there. And the biggest one I know of coming off of that place is 192. And that's more expensive. It's more like the Tiburon price. And that's a, you stay at a really nice lodge and go hunting a, a couple big mountains there. Um, and those, we so can those accommodate are, all these hunts. Yeah, we can, can accommodate all those. And if another hunt is a Mex- uh, if you if you don't want to hunt in Mexico, which there's no reason not to go to Mexico, but let's say if you have a wife that's crazy paranoid about traveling internationally or you're worried about it, you can go hunt Texas. And there's the landowners down in Texas get guaranteed tags. And those are seventy five to 85000 
and those sheep are going to be between about a 160 and about a 175 sheep. Once I think the state record is 183, at least that's what it was a few years ago. So Texas is getting more and more tags. Used to be like five and six, and now it's, I'm, I'm going to say somewhere between 12 and 20 tags in, in Texas. But so in Mexico. So you could kill a 175 down there. Uh, in Mexico, you in know. In you, Texas. It, yeah, in, in Texas, yes. Most guys are going to shoot a mid-160s. Right. But a good hunter that gets a little bit lucky can shoot a 170s. So, but you keep in mind, when I first started getting in the sheep business 20-some years ago, there was a few ranches in Sonora that offered desert sheep. Um, now there's probably more than 50. So Mexico's done a great job of monetizing their desert sheep. They've taken sheep back and forth between Tiburon Island and, and the mainland. And so guys have had, there's game farms. So you got to be careful when you do hunt Mexico, that if you're shooting a ram that's like 30, 30 grand, it's probably not a true free range sheep. The true free range sheep you're not going to get for that price. So you have to be careful what you book. And there's also some places that have fences on three sides. And so it is technically it's an open range sheep, but because they feed supplement and they have water, the sheep won't leave that area. And those are much easier hunts than what you did. And you can tell by the sheep because the sheep doesn't have big <laughs> the chips. The hell did I do one of them for? The sheep doesn't rub <laughs> on cactus to get food and water. Right. And so their horns are not going to be as beat up. And chocolate. Yeah. I mean, well, we saw a sheep that... That we were going to, I yeah. mean, we were put a play on him. It just didn't work out. Like I said, we had missed opportunities and mistakes and stuff. But we had that mid-160s type ram mm-hmm. and that I really liked. And he was at a chocolate, chocolate. I really his, liked him for Yeah, you. I know. You really. <laughs> Brad was selling it hard. But he had almost black horns. Yeah, Brian's like, what do you think? And I'm and like, and they said well, they, dude, the <laughs> he flares out. He's got a great curl, chocolate horns, chocolate cape. I, what, what are you looking for? What'd you come down here for? Yeah. So, but they said that there's a there's a tree or a cactus or tree that they break their horns on, and it bleeds like a blood like a blood out. It but, might be the barrel cactus because there's water in it. Yeah. Well, because I thought that one day we were hiking up that mountain, I swore there was blood. It was foamy trail. looking, right? Foamy. No, look, no, it, it just was red and it looked fresh, but it was. Uh, it was a cactus. It was a cactus. Yeah, and, uh, and, and they, they said just, that they break their, they rub their horns on. It. That's why they get real black. Yeah, they rub on stuff, and so like you, you can tell an animal that's in more of the grass type pasture, and they feed supplements. They don't have to eat the cactus. They don't have to fight for their food, and so their horns are not as beat up and scarred up. Right. So yeah, it, you know what? Overall, I got to tell you, it was an absolutely. Amazing, amazing adventure, Brad. Thanks for filming the whole thing. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was I, fun. I got, uh, you know, uh, it it was amazing. So if you're listening and uh, you want more information on this hunt, go to RollingBones.com and uh, you know look at our hunt catalog, our adventure catalog, and see if there's something on there. We can save you hours of searching Google to never find the hunts that are on there anyway. Um, and uh, so let's save you from your Google search, if yep. nothing else. It's a perfect time to line up your desert sheep hunt for next year because the season's over in, what, two weeks? Yeah, and, and the 15th, so in a couple days. So, uh, oh, no, it is the two 30, weeks. Yeah, the 20-something or whatever it was. So, yeah, so if you're looking for that uh, adventure of a lifetime or you're just starting an application process, let us know. Our membership can probably help you. And uh, we'd, be, we'd love to take your call and uh, see what we could do. Any question, any question you have, uh, we're here to answer. So um, we appreciate you listening. And go ahead and uh, give us a rating on this. And listen, also, remember, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many other locations. So subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we would love to get your feedback. Give us an honest review and rating. 
and let us know what you want to hear, and we will be happy to work with you. Brian Martin, thank you. You're welcome. You always have a, um, a uh, litany uh, of information, a diatribe of value. And we didn't even Is that talk what about you say, Brad? Diatribe. We didn't diatribe. even talk about desert sheep and all the lower 48. No, not yet. Texas. But we, we should do that. We should do that. And Brad, thanks for filming, brother. Yeah. It was uh, it was an amazing you I'm know, excited for Bleep to get it put together. It, it should be really neat. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah. We'll have a, he'll have a few bleeps to take out. Yeah. Not too many. No, you weren't there. So there probably won't be that many. And listen, Bleep wanted me to tell you also go to Instagram, Facebook or um, YouTube, and uh, subscribe, join, sign up, do whatever you do. Hit that like button and uh, follow us, and uh, you'll see where we're at in the world and what we're doing, vetting an outfitter somewhere so you don't have to worry about all the things that could go wrong. You can just worry about what we know is going to go right for you. So appreciate you listening today. Let's go hunting. Paloma now. <laughs>